Hello and welcome to Audiobook Connection, behind the scenes with the creative teams. I'm Becky Parker Geist and I'm your host. Audiobook Connection is your place to learn about the audiobook creative process in discussions between the authors, narrators, producers, and post-production teams that bring them all together, as well as guests who have listened to the audiobooks and have questions for the creative teams. This podcast is sponsored by Pro Audio Voices, helping great stories come alive through audiobook production and marketing. Today, we bring you an interview with author, songwriter, singer Buffy Ford Stewart. Her beautiful audiobook for children, The Blanket and the Bear, written and recorded by Buffy, is available as an audiobook at your favorite audiobook retailer. So here I am with Buffy Ford Stewart, the author of The Blanket and the Bear, and I'm really excited to have this opportunity just to ask you a few questions about this beautiful book that you've created. Well, thank you, Becky. It's wonderful to be here with you. So in the preface of The Blanket and the Bear, you tell us a little bit about the inspiration for the story, and I would love it if you could tell us just a little more about how this magical story was inspired and then how it grew from that first idea to where it is now. It was inspired by three little girls, Jenny and Lisa, who are twins, and Katie, their little sister, who are the daughters of my childhood friend, Susie. We were over at her house, and we were just talking about our kids, and she said, I have a story that I have to tell you that you will love. And she told me about this time when it was really quiet upstairs. She snuck up to hear what was going on, and they were having a little celebration with the blanket and the bear. They were getting married. And she said, Buffy, of all my friends, I knew that you would love this story. Well, Immediately, I wrote a poem about it, and I read it to my husband, who said, Honey, this is such an incredible poem that you really need to make it into a book. And so it took a long time for that to unfold. I talked to Susie, my friend, about it, and I talked to Jenny and Lisa and Katie, too. They were just really excited about it, and John started drawing pictures, and we asked them to send photographs, and so it was a very slow development, and I hadn't really developed it into a book. It was still a poem. Then, you know, my husband got sick and went to heaven, I still had just a poem, and my niece, Noelle, who is just such an incredible illustrator, who is a very magic girl, still sleeps with her bear, and we got together, and I said, I really would like maybe for you to start drawing some illustrations for this poem. Then it just grew into a story, and that's how it grew. <laughs> that's amazing. So in your mind, when you first wrote the poem, did you already have music in your mind about how that poem might fit with music? I didn't. I had no idea that there would be music with it. I knew that I wanted to write a song, but I had no idea that I wanted to do a narration. Although I would read it to all my friends, and it was really my friend Margot who said, Buffy, you should really do a narration. So I called Ari, my producer of Laughing Tiger Studio, and said, Ari, I want to do a narration for The Blanket and the Bear. Ari said, great, let's do it, come on in. 
So we did. We did a recording, and Ari, who has been my engineer, my producer, and my partner in all the music I've done at Laughing Tiger Studio for all my CDs, uh, we just created this, and we decided that it needed music. And so we created this beautiful little gem with a flute and a cello, and it just bloomed into this beautiful piece. It really did. You know, I've really been touched by the way that this story reminds us of the endless possibilities of love. And I know you have that as a part of your subtitle, and um, that really speaks to me. Is there anything that you would like to share about how you see this reminder rippling out into the world? Well... Yes, I definitely do. It all begins really with children and the way they are, the way they live. They live in love. They live in the golden present. And just by being around children, they are the ones who inspired me. They are really my heroes. And they are the ones who inspired this whole book, actually, with their creativity and the fact that they had this little celebration. To me, it it felt like something I would have done. Mm. I live in the endless possibilities of love, and I feel that if the whole wide world lived in love, what a beautiful world this would be. Mm. And right now, in the state of the world, it is the children who we should follow because they are the ones who are really leading the way. I think the endless possibilities of love are our future. We should realize that we all live in love if we get out of our belief systems, like children who have no belief systems yet. We all are pure love. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you said that you feel like this is the kind of thing that you would do as a child. And and I wonder if you could tell us, like, when you were a child, I know you're still a child. so <laughs> That's <laughs> I, right. I want to put that little asterisk in there. But when you were younger, we'll say, uh, what kind of environment did you have that fostered your imagination? And can you point to what you feel has kept your love of the magical so vibrant? I think because... When I was a child, I played. I played outside. I was creative. I wasn't allowed to go inside. A lot of children today don't play. When I lived in the house that I lived in before, in San Anselmo, I didn't even know there were any children in my neighborhood until there was a block party. And I said, where do you guys live? And they said, we live across the street. I never see you. And they said, oh, we don't really go outside. And I said, you don't? No, we don't really play outside. And I thought, that is just so crazy. When I was young, we weren't allowed to go inside. We had no TV. We had no cell phones. We had a phone on the wall. And so I lived in my creative world. And my friends and I would do plays outside and invite the neighborhood to come. We always were in a creative space. We just lived in a make-believe world. I was Audrey Hepburn, and my girlfriend was—well, actually, she was Audrey Hepburn, and I was really jealous of her because she always got to be Audrey Hepburn. But we lived in this beautiful, creative world. A lot of kids today don't live in. They're on their phones or they're on the Internet. And, you know, I really feel that the younger children, I would hope that 
the parents and the grandparents would really make sure that they don't let their kids or grandkids be on their phones and the computers very much. When my grandchildren come to visit me when they were little, the first thing I would do was put my hands out, hand them over. Oh, Bama, no, not the phones. <laughs> That's right, hand them over. And their laptops. And, you know, because of that, we really created this beautiful bond. And we've become really great friends. And it was a real wake-up call for them because we went to museums, we went out, and we played this little game to see how many people we can find today who are not on their cell phones. And it was a shock to them. Then they would say, God, Bama, here we are in a restaurant, and look at those people over there. They're here together at the restaurant, and they're on their phones. I said, yeah, and that would have been you and me if I hadn't taken your phones away. Kids today, they spend so much time on their telephones and on their computers that they don't really have time to create. I think it's really ruining our children. Yeah. Let's pause for a moment. We'll be right back. Here at Pro Audio Voices, we take a personalized approach to helping you get your project into audio. If you have a children's book and are exploring the possibility of putting it into audio, and you maybe have questions about how to approach it, or does it even make sense for your particular book, these are all things that we can help with at Pro Audio Voices. Just reach out to us at proaudiovoices.com slash get hyphen started, and you can book a call so we can talk. If you'd like to just gather some information from the website, Go to proaudiovoices.com slash children's audiobooks. We're here to help great stories come alive and work with you to help yours have a greater impact in the world. I think when you're talking about listening to the story, listening to the audiobook, what comes to mind for me is always that, you know, it's a way that today we have the tradition of oral storytelling that is alive in a different kind of way. So we can close our eyes and imagine and listen and, you know, be read to. The audiobooks are wonderful. Yeah. And I love audiobooks. And I would really recommend that parents give their children the audiobooks to listen to. I love the idea of a book, too. Mm -hmm. I miss having a book to hold and to earmark and to take to bed or take on the train. There's something so warm about a real book, and that is disappearing. I'm a real lover of books, and I'm a lover of art, real art on the walls, not art on the screen. All of those things are disappearing, the real live things. So I hope that this little book will be something that they can hold and something that they will lie in bed and listen to and also hold. Yeah. I know that when we started talking about this project that you had expressed that you would rather not have it as an ebook for the reason of not having kids on screens so much, not having so much screen time. And I really love that about your decision and your commitment to helping families find those more effective ways to really be together and uh, foster the creativity. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, 
Buffy, you've had a, a, a long and fulfilling career as a singer and songwriter. And I'm wondering about, had you held a desire to create a children's book before you heard about the twins' wedding between the blanket and the bear? Not really. Though my son and my husband always said, you should really do a children's book. You have all this magic around you and such a creative mind, and you love children. And I've written a lot of poetry. The spark was there, Mm -hmm. but it hadn't really been ignited until I heard this little story from Susie. And I have a second story about the blanket and the bear, and one about my cat, Boo, who was missing in the woods for three months. And I have many stories about my dog, Lucy. So now, in my mind, I have many children's books. All my friends are saying, come on, and my son, too. Mom, you're made to write (laughs) children's books. So maybe that is what I'm meant to do, and I love it. Well, you're definitely bringing some magic to the world for us, and... uh... We appreciate that. Well, thank you, Becky. I appreciate that you fell in love with this and have given me an opportunity to give it to the world. Thank you. I did want to ask one last thing, and that is, you know, in the story, there is the cake made of wishes and dreams. And did you have an image in your mind for how that might come into the book in illustration? And, And could you describe that illustration or tell us a little bit about that? Well, yeah. When I was a little girl... I never asked for toys. I asked for a wedding cake. I asked for a living elf and a pony in a cart. Those are the three things that I ever wanted for Christmas. And so a wedding cake has always been, to me, just this magnificent, beautiful dream in my head of a wedding. I don't even know where it came from. It's just a beautiful, beautiful cake with flowers and fairies and just a dream cake. And, you know, when I go to a wedding and they serve pie, I am so disappointed I leave. I mean, I have to go and buy myself a wedding cake. I have done it with my friend Margot, in fact. We both feel the same way about a wedding cake. And we have bought a wedding cake on the way home from a wedding that served pie and eaten it when we got home. The whole cake, by the way. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, there's something so romantic about a wedding cake. And so it was such a big part of this story, the blanket and the bear getting married, that alone is such a magical thing. Only in a child's mind would they think of that. So the wedding cake had to be filled with wishes and dreams and all the beauty and magic that live in a child's mind and live in my mind as well. So that cake (laughs) was to me the most uh, scrumptious, important illustration in the book. To me, it should be the cover, you know. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I'm making t-shirts with the cake in the front. (laughs) I want one of those. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be the first to get one, Becky. All right, great. great. (laughs) That's beautiful. Well, I want to thank you again for taking this time so that we can learn more about the history of the blanket and the bear and more about you and all that's brought this piece of magic into our lives. Thank you, Becky. Thank you so much. 
I really appreciate that you've given me this opportunity, and I look forward to all the children falling in love with this book. I look forward to telling them the story and meeting these children along the way. So thank you so much, and I send all my love to all the children out there who are waiting for this book to come out, and I'm waiting to meet you and give you all big hugs. So I look forward to that time. Let's listen to a bit of The Blanket and the Bear by Buffy Ford Stewart. The little farm was warm in June. The jasmine trees were still in bloom. A gentle peace had filled the air, and singing came from everywhere. Underneath the walnut tree sat two girls, one more made three, singing songs dressed in long white gowns with all their friends gathered round. A bear with piglet, ducks, and dolls. Some were big and some were small. And in the middle sat a glorious bear and a beautiful blanket he was holding there. The blanket and the bear had a special love that seemed to be different than what the others shared. So Jenny and Lisa, the identical twins, with their little sister Katie, like seraphims, came to tell you their story. A magic one, too. It's a story of love, especially for you. Thanks for joining us for Audiobook Connection, behind the scenes with the creative teams. Please take a moment to subscribe at audiobookconnection.com. The podcast is sponsored by Pro Audio Voices, helping great stories come alive through audiobook production and marketing. Learn more at ProAudioVoices.com. Again, thanks for being with us, and please join us next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.